just to say the sentence, we get to hear God, it, it's like when you stop and ponder that, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, the uncreated God of the universe talks to me, with the one who is above principalities and powers and kings and presidents and every influencer you can think of and Elon Musk and anybody who might really impress you if you were to get a phone call on your answer machine from them, he is way above over there and he talks directly to me. I mean, that, that is a mouthful and that, and that is actually what we have. We, we've talked over and over again about um, Jesus saying to the, uh, saying I am the shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. We, we've emphasized that. I talked about my dog being able to hear my voice in the dog park. It really impresses me when she answers. Um, but uh, I mean, when she responds, she didn't talk. <laughs> but uh, Jesus was in this uh, in this long conversation with the Pharisees. It was pretty intense. And in fact, in John 8, uh, 43, uh, he says, why do you not understand what, what I'm saying? He's telling the Pharisees this. He says, it's because you can't bear to hear my word. You're, you belong to your father, the devil, and you really need to carry out your father's desires. And he goes on and he explains that you know they, um, that uh, they don't believe in the truth, that they are uh, completely aligned with their father, the devil. And he says in verse forty-six or so, he says, "I'm telling the truth. Why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears the words of God, and for this reason you don't listen because you do not belong to God." But he says, "Whoever belongs to God hears the words of God. It is our privilege as Christians, as believers, to hear." God's word. And so uh, I say that because I was taught for years that, that that doesn't happen, that it's really not something you can expect. Yes, he speaks. He speaks directly through the Bible. It's only through the Bible. It's exclusively in the Bible, but you know, not, not external to that. And, and we get the privilege of seeing him in, through the Bible for sure, but through circumstances, through other people, through life events, etc., through dreams, as we just heard. Um, so I want to cover just a couple of practicalities and then I uh, want to bring up a special guest. Um, so practicalities in terms of hearing the word, it's really important that you abide, that, that, you, that, that means that you remain in him, that you remain connected mm -hmm. to, to the vine. Um, it seems kind of simple, may even seem really obvious, but there's, there's times that we become like the prodigal. We, we turn uh, our backs on the Lord and we live in this strange land and we, and we are distant from the Father's voice. And, and that's exactly like the prodigal. And, and so uh, we, get, we get distracted, we stumble, we rebel. Sometimes we're just unwilling to, to give up things that bring us great harm or that mar our relationship or that block the flow and we just we become like that prodigal. And, when, and so it's important for us to turn like the prodigal, and when we do, we see the Father's open arms waiting for us right there. He's been yearning for us to make that turn. It's that fast. We, we call it sin, we repent, we press delete, we move on, and it's instantaneous when, when it's genuine. Um, we don't have to sit there and, and work up a frenzy of guilt or a frenzy of certain load of, okay, now I feel like I beat myself up enough to where I can finally go to the Father. It's not like that. It's it's an open channel. So that that abiding um, is is really important. Similarly, it's really important to actively listen to to pay attention. Um, this is this was Samuel's lesson to us. The prophet Samuel. He was when he was a young boy. He's hearing God call him Samuel, Samuel, 
And he gets up and he goes to the high priest, who is raising him at that point, and says, yes, master, what, what is it you called me? He goes, I, I didn't call you. And this happens a couple of times before the high priest finally says, look, 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 I think I know what's going on here. When you hear that again, say, uh, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel does, and that's the first time he hears the Lord. But the first couple of times, he wasn't aware of what that was. It takes an experience to actually get to use, used to actually the sound of his voice and the authority it carries and, and what, what the difference is. And that was Samuel's experience. Um, and so it's really important to listen. Um, in fact, many times for me, when I'm hearing the Lord, um, it won't be in the moment. It, it will be kind of um, a couple seconds, maybe a week <laughs> later where I'm walking in and thinking, wait a minute, that, that was him. That, that, that conflict, conflagration of circumstances, that connection thing, that, that, was, that was the Lord. Sometimes it's right away. Sometimes it's like the, on the road to Emmaus, those, those men where they were saying, you know, when he was talking to you, didn't you feel like this burning? Well, yeah, I did, but I thought it was something else. No, it was, that was the Lord. And so that, that's, that's, the, that's the thing, is to be actively listening. Pay attention to the way that circumstances work out. Pay attention to certain ways that things line up in an unusual way. Uh, dreams, for sure. Um, the final thing is to put on humility. Uh, that's really important. Um, the Psalms and the scriptures in general, they put a huge amount of emphasis on, on meekness as a condition of, of hearing his guidance and hearing his teaching. Uh, Psalm 25, 9, today is the 25th, so Psalm 25, so we're singing through Psalm 25, it says that he leads the humble in what is right and he teaches the humble his way. In fact, Psalm 20, 25, 9, that first part says that um, uh, good and upright is the Lord, verse 8, therefore he instructs sinners in the way, so he even reaches out to sinners in the way, I, I know, I'm one of them. And he leads the humble to justice, and he teaches the humble his ways. So this this is, um, and it's not as if if you're not humble, if you're if you're a believer and you're arrogant or you're you're prideful, it's not as if God has stopped speaking. It's just that you've clogged up the airways. Your your own voice now has overcome the still small voice of the Lord. He's still speaking, but all you want to do is listen to yourself. You know, and all you want to do is actually listen to your own ways and go your own ways because you're so certain of your own, uh, so confident of your own way. Um, your bullheadedness drowns them out, I believe, <laughs> in, in a word. <laughs> so when God speaks to us, um, uh, it's important to know that that doesn't mean that we're more righteous than the, than the next person just because we're hearing that down. And it doesn't ne even necessarily mean that we're right. I mean, in that moment, it, in other words, there's, there's the word of God, and then there's understanding what that word means, how it applies, et cetera. What does it mean in this circumstance? Is now the right time to present it? If it's, a, it's certainly that's true. If it's a word for somebody else, is now the right time, or is just just prayer fodder? Is this just things that are to inspire prayer? So, um, but this humility is a really key point because there are uh, there are so many um, abuses. I know personally. I've observed personally. If I know personally in this region from the God told me, God led me kind of perspective where I mean even to the point of, of a using a God told me in the case of immoral activity or things that are clearly opposed to what Jesus has given us in the scripture those things, those things really do happen 
I mean, I've seen them. It's not just third hand. I've, I've observed people using that God told me in a, in a way that was completely opposed to the way that God would ever tell anybody uh, in, in that situation. So the humility in that case is, is one of the key indicators that you might sense that there's something actually genuinely going on. But it, it takes experience. Uh, and that's why we've been featuring um, Amy and Karen and Daniela and uh, Carla uh, Duncan um, to come up and give us uh, stories. And from the time that we started talking about hearing God, as I was watching Cindy uh, lead prayer, I was thinking, I need to get her up to talk about her experiences. <laughs> and I've been in disobedience by not asking her until this week. And thank God, <laughs> I, you mean, I was supposed to ask you, you can come up and actually dance a jig as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think the will be fine, but, um, but I'm really pleased that Cindy's gonna actually share her experiences uh, here. Because, and this is, uh, this is our opportunity to kind of listen to this testimony. Let me encourage you to pay attention to a few things. Pay attention to how it works for her. How does it work in her life? We're, we're picking, many of you could come up and talk about your experiences in hearing the world. We've got a, a senior group of people here. Um, but take a minute and also just pay attention. Okay, how did it actually play out in her life? Was it a burning bush kind of a, an experience? Was it a still small voice? Was it audible? What, what were the practicalities involved in, in her life? Because in, uh, again, it takes experience we're trying to uh, pick on, so to speak, pick on uh, people who, have, who are seasoned in this, who have have had the experience, who have wondered, who have kind of grown up like Samuel listening to her voice, to his voice, to the God's voice. So, uh, Cindy, thank you so much for agreeing to share. Will you give her a nice welcome up and give me a teacher of 20 years, so I love looking out at people. <laughs> and Dan, that was a great introduction. I loved what you said about how we hear the voice of God. And when Dan asked me the other day, the first thing that started happening for me is God started reminding me, yes, I'm an oldie bit of goodie, of what happened 40 years ago and how this journey started. And what happened then is very different than how I hear him now, but I felt like I wanted to just share some of that um, I've been just flooded <laughs> with memories. It's just been, and, and it's been emotional, not in a bad way, in a good way, just remembering all the things he said to me over a season in my life. And I um, started hearing God when I was in college, and I wasn't in a church, <laughs> and I actually knew a group of people that. Um, they just told me that God talks to you, and I believed him, and that's how it started for me. And um, I was when I was going through this thing, I'm not quite sure on the timeline on a couple things, but I do know that I had two very significant encounters, and I'm going to talk about the second one. Um, this was kind of relates to what Dan was talking about Samuel. I was um, in the library. I was in college, I was studying. Well, the truth is I hadn't really prepared for this exam, and I was a mess, I was in the library. So, I don't know if I started to cry at that point or what, but I went, they had a women's lounge, and it was um, 
not where the toilets are, it was like a little couch. And I went in there and I closed the door. There was no one in there. And I just got on my knees and I just was crying and sobbing like I didn't study for this test, it's a mess, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, I hear this loud, it wasn't inside of me, it was outside, this loud voice, a male voice say, I love you, Cindy. And it still breaks me. He said, he didn't say, oh, you didn't study, you didn't do this. He said, I love you, and he said my name. He said, Cindy. And um, at that moment, I didn't actually know it was God. I just was kind of like, I got up, I looked around, it was like there was no one there. And it took a while for, it to re for me to realize that was God. He didn't say, you didn't study, you didn't do this. He said, I love you, Cindy. And that just meant so much to me that he said my name. And I had no grid for any of this, and I, I actually didn't even tell anybody. But um, the good part of the story is I took the exam, I passed, and I passed the class with a C, so it all worked out. But <laughs> um, it just, it kind of just went into my soul, like just that he said my name. And back then, I actually didn't really know how to pray or anything. And so every time I would start to pray, I would introduce myself by name. <laughs> like, I used my full name. <laughs> it's like, there's a Cindy Murphy and I'm praying. And, you know, so that was like one little season. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't have grit for things, but I was hungry. And I knew God. In fact, it actually started in high school. I didn't find God in high school, but I was searching. And in college, I was searching. I did a lot of searching. Um, and then the other ways that I heard him, I was exploring, and I, I didn't really, like I said, I didn't have a grid, but um, I took up running in college, and I would hear him when I ran. And um, I remember one time in particular, I was out running, and I, that night I was gonna go to the movies with a group of friends, and so I was like talking to God, like, well, I had a little crush on somebody, like, I'd really like to sit next to so-and-so, and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, I hear this, that's selfish. And it wasn't condemnation, but it was right to the point. Now, I, at that point, I'm not sure if I had a Bible yet or not, but I knew it was God. And it wasn't, I, I didn't feel bad. Uh, well, I was a little embarrassed when he said it, actually. <laughs> but I knew it was him. And he... What God does is he pinpoints. He doesn't condemn. He just says, oh, that's selfish. And it was. It was all about me. And um, in those early years in college, I would hear him, and it was more, that was outside audible was that time when he said, I love you, Cindy. The other times, it was more just inside, and I would just hear things or know things. Now, since I didn't really... I didn't have any Bible verses or anything like that. He just talked regular. <laughs> he didn't, I, I didn't get like songs or anything like that. Um, and then there was, uh, there were times when he did say things to me and I didn't obey. Like one time he was, I, I clearly, clear as a bell, heard don't go in there to this party. And I went in. I didn't, I didn't really have a grid for respect yet for him, but I knew it was God. And, and if you want to define how you know it's God, it's like, I, 
I just knew. It just was inside of me exploding. This is God. I knew it. And, and I knew that it was authentic. I had no doubt. I just knew it was God. And uh, another time, this is back up, like, that was 40 years ago. Um, I did have a time when I didn't obey him in a serious situation, and I thought I had committed a big sin, the unpardonable. And um, what it was is, as I stood there, I was involved in, uh, just in general terms, some Eastern things. <laughs> and this man, I didn't, I wasn't swift enough to realize what was going on, that it was a, you were to kneel down in front of a picture of someone. I didn't really get that. I wasn't until the very moment, and this man was pressuring me to do it. And right then at that moment, I heard in my mind, thou shalt have no false gods against me. Unfortunately, I did give in. This man was becoming angry and pressuring me, and I did give in. Now, the flip of that is, it was probably, for a long time, I lived with that. But then I met someone who said, um, let's fast and pray. And I did. And actually, <laughs> the truth is, I had to do it twice. She said, fast for three days. And then she got a bad uh, backache or something, couldn't be. So we, I had to fast twice. I was like, okay, I did it again. You know, that was, and um, we met. And that, I was delivered. It was like I was set free. And in that moment, it wasn't like I got a word, but I did get a picture in my mind. It's like I get, um, that's when it started, like, it was a preview of coming events. So I saw this, like, flash of a picture of a Thursday night group that I was in. And it came true. The picture came true. But in that moment, what God showed me is, even though I thought I had committed the unpardonable sin, which I didn't, by the way, but I was forgiven. And he turned what was, I thought, my worst sin to my favorite memory. Because I love, when I think about that now, it's like, I know what he did. He totally forgave me. It was so good. <laughs> then kind of moving on, um, about, let's see, 15 years after I was out of school, I was in San Luis Obispo in a conference. And we were driving home, and I just was telling my friend, um, that I really blew it, I went to the wrong college. And you know, I was just like crying, I was just a mess. All of a sudden, I heard, it just makes me emotional, but that's where you met me. And it's like, in a moment, it changed everything. So his view of my university experience was, that's where I met him, and I did. <laughs> and it's been a great ride. Um, in all honesty, it took a couple tries for me to become a Christian and stick with it, but I have, uh, for 40 years now, done that, and over those 40 years, things have changed. I no longer hear him as loudly, but I hear him differently. And so the way that I hear him now is, um, he speaks to me in a lot of different ways, and for me, it's, um, Fast forward 40 years, I can talk to him now about Bible, I, I know Bible verses, I know songs. So we've got a reservoir there. So what he'll do is I usually, I get a word, like one word or a verse or a lyric in my mind. And what happens is I go pursue it. And that's where I find out things. Like 
Hill, um, last Saturday, I woke up with a song in my heart, and I just sat, and I was just hanging out with him, and just singing the song, and I was getting, like, I was confessing, it was just a really intimate time, and then all of a sudden I just had this thought in my mind, Prince of Peace, and I immediately knew it was a song, so I looked it up, and it was a song, I'd never heard of it, and it became this wonderful, intimate time with him, that he would do that for me. And I've often, recently especially, said, like he'll be talking to my, fr my friends and say, well, God told me this, and I thought, well, he doesn't talk to me like that. Instead of realizing he talks to me the way I need to be spoken to, because he's a good dad. And then um, another way is I will just hear a word, and then I just start pursuing it, like, um, especially if I'm preparing to pray, like I might get, for example, the word joy for the youth, then I'll just go with it. Sometimes I get a phrase, and um, I do ask him, you know, but it's, and what I realized, when I was preparing this at the end, I realized, oh, when I first knew him, I didn't expect him to answer, but now I have an expectation. Mm -hmm. Anytime I pray, I know he's gonna answer. Now, that being said, I hear him better for others than for myself. When I'm trying to make a decision or whatever, it gets a little cloudy, and it's kind of like what Dan said, that's when you need other people around you because you don't always hear perfectly. But um, anyway, so I might get a word like joy, and then I go after it, or I'll get a phrase, and then I just keep looking and look up scriptures, and it just kind of fits together and it feels right. And then when I pray for people, I usually, I can get like a thought or a word, and when that first started happening, I was terrified because I thought, I don't want to tell them the picture that's in my mind. But what I've learned is as I do it, I take that one step, it's kind of the same way I hear him. I have to kind of meet him. He gives me a little something, like a word, but then I pursue it, and that's how I get more and more and more. Now, that being said, if it's a bizarre thing, obviously I'm not going to follow it. And so it's important to learn how to distinguish. And one thing years ago a pastor said to us was, um, if you're minding your own business, you get a thought out of left field, it's the enemy, meaning it's a negative thought. So I know when things kind of bizarrely come in, it's like, oh, that's not God. And also, all the words that God speaks to me are either aligning with the Bible, or they're encouraging, they're loving, they're not harmful, and so, I've learned, and they also, for me, have a sense of um, peace to it. When it's the enemy, like, yeah, that guy, not to give him any credit, but years ago, I remember, like, I'd listen to a worship song and misunderstand what it stood, and suddenly what it was saying, and I'd be in fear. Like, that was a way that he got me. So I've learned, like, when it's fear, it's like, oh, that is not God. I mean, it says that in the Word, but I've had to walk that out. And then more recently, um, even in fact today, I was listening to Mike Bickle this week and he talked about interacting with the Holy Spirit. And so I started doing what he said and say, said to him, like as I was driving here, how do you see the youth? What do you feel about them? And I felt like he just gave me a new way to communicate with him and he said, the apple of my eye. And I feel like as I asked him, he was giving me his heart the apple of my eye and just how much he loves it. And so it just is a different way. I honestly haven't done that before. The way that Mike Bickle said is like, when I'm thinking about people like, Holy Spirit, what do you think? 
And then you can even ask him what he thinks about Jesus, which I haven't done yet, but I'm very excited to do. And I do think that hearing God is very unique, but there's also um, there's times when I can hear him, and because I have free will, I can choose not to obey. And I feel like that's that makes me sad, but like Dan said, you repent, you get up, you move on. But what I've also noticed is <laughs> um, if, I don't, if I hear him and he says to do something, I've seen this more than once, he just gets someone else to do it. And I miss out what I call the goody. Mm -hmm. I miss out on sharing it or, or whatever it was. And um, I don't want to do that. I don't like to miss out. So I guess um, in conclusion, what it means to me to hear him is so different. I mean, I, honestly, this was just like a walk down memory lane for me this week, because I honestly hadn't thought of these things in a very long time. It was a decade, and the difference. So I want to encourage, especially the young people, it may not look the same now as it does five years from now, or even a year from now. But it's constantly changing. As you spend time in the prayer room, as you start to seek him, he's going to talk to you in new and different ways. And it can be in a dream. I've had him talk to me in dreams. I see pictures sometimes. And it's just so fun. I can't say that enough. It is so fun and exciting to hear his voice. And I do wish that um, he would answer me on command sometimes when I ask a question, but rarely does it work that way. Usually when I'm pushing, like, I need this answer, and it's not usually about prayer, it's like a decision or something, um, it doesn't work for me to do that. I have to kind of just pray, move on, and then I can come back to it. And I also sometimes, I don't, um, one other thing that just popped in my head is Graham took Cook talks about crafted prayer. And there have been seasons in my life when I've done that with my dad. Um, right before he passed, I felt about six months ahead, I did a crafted prayer. So it was a time when I spent time creating a prayer, but then I just prayed the same prayer. The fruit of that was, um, I didn't honestly know how that was going to work out, but God answered every single thing, and I had peace with my dad past and graduated to heaven. And so I feel like there's different ways. You, you can hear him, but it doesn't have to. I can hear him write a prayer and continually to pray that, pray that prayer, and it's still fresh. I don't know how to say that another way, but there's something about that. And so um, would it be OK if I just do a group prayer before I close? Is that OK? Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your voice. I thank you that you talk to people. Lord, I just break the lie that you don't talk. Lord, I know when I went to church, they told me that you didn't talk, but experience and encounter outweighs anything that someone else can say. So I ask for new experiences, yeah. new encounters, new ways to communicate with the living God. Lord, I pray that we would never, ever grow weary or grow tired of talking to you about everything, communicating with you. I thank you for the different ways that we can hear your voice, that every person in this room has a different way to hear you, and it's all good. It's all good. I just thank you, God, for, I pray, Lord, 
that these 40 years that I've had would multiply and be 80 years for the youth in here. Mm -hmm. God, that they would take this and go far in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was exactly what I was looking for. I, so, um, Dan, I guess we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go into intercession now and just... Uh, I encourage you though, uh, as, as Danny and the team are coming up, um, some of you might be wondering, well, how do I even get started? I mean, if, if this is like new to you, uh, maybe uh, in terms of an active, ongoing conversation with the Lord, how do I even get started? If you, you can do what Cindy just did, we just ask him. I mean, tonight you can ask him. I mean, let me hear your voice. Um, Cindy can pray for you. We can all pray for you, but also because you were on the hot seat, if you didn't mind. She, she can also just uh, lay, lay out prayer. Um, uh, but you can just say, I'm, I'm yours. I'm one of your sheep. <laughs> I, I'm one that belongs to you. I want to hear your voice. And, and he will speak. Um, Amy, when she gave her talk, she, Amy Knight, <laughs> she, uh, she laid out her, how she meditates on the scriptures. And that also is, is excellent um, in terms of picking out a scripture. In fact, I would, I would recommend something familiar, something not, not, a, not a huge volume of scripture, but even Psalm 23, Romans 8, um, the Beatitudes, something that you're familiar with. Pick a small segment and just ask the Lord to speak to you through that segment, through that little piece. It's not, it's not trying to let all the words just flash before your eyes. You know, to try and get as much volume. It's, it's actually digging deep into that particular word and, and praying that back and forth. And, and, and I, I think she called it spiritual meditation, but pray reading the scriptures. It's a lot of what we do here in terms of, of praying the apostolic prayers and actually focusing on those. It's a lot of what we're doing in the Song of Solomon, where we've been in chapter two for, you know, I think 30 years. And, <laughs> and so, <laughs> about, actually, about two months, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but we're digging deep into Song of Solomon, and every word is starting to come alive in that passage. So um, we'll we'll pray through that. I, uh, Hannah, are you the prayer leader? Okay. So um, yeah, we'll just engage. And uh, thank you so much.